Welcome to St James Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our online Zoom service held on Sunday, June 6, 2021. To join us online or for more information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. Welcome to you all this morning. We're delighted to have Joe give our reflection later on in the service on the theme of a radical way of life. We've got a few minor tweaks to the service as we're trying out new things. And we ask that when it shows the open mic being on, that you say the responses at the, the beginning of the service during the welcome and also during the sharing um, later. So we'll start our service with a moment's uh, quiet and during that time we'll light a candle in church here and we'll also invite you at home uh, to light a candle uh, really as a symbolic way of showing that we're connected together in the light of Christ and recognizing that church is not only happening here at St. James but it's happening uh, in homes and rooms uh, in Edinburgh and outside Edinburgh in other countries um, all over the place. And that's the exciting thing, I think, is that um, church is happening in all these different places. So let's just start our service with a moment's quiet. Friend and stranger, welcome in the name of Jesus. We gather together with our trust and grace Eternal God, maker of the skies above, lowly Christ, lover of the earth and its people, unfettered spirit, giver of gracious gifts. You are present among us. O hidden mystery, sun behind all suns, soul within all souls, in all we touch, in all we meet. You are present among us. As bearers of your image, we come to be reshaped, dependent on your mercy. We ask
trusting in God's forgiveness. Let us now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. May God forgive us, Christ renew us, and the Spirit enable us to grow in love. Amen. say together glory to god 
source of all being, eternal word and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Amen. The Gospel this morning is written in Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, beginning at verse 20. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Jesus went into a house, and the crowd came together again, so that they couldn't even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, he's gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the rule of demons, he casts out demons. And he called, to them, uh, called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came and standing outside they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, Your mother and brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Give thanks to the Lord for his glorious gospel. Praise Thank you for those readings. So we now have Joe who's going to give us our reflection today. O oh Lord, we pray, speak to us in the calming of our minds, in the longing of our hearts, by the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts. O oh Lord, speak for your servants listen. Amen. Now, verse 21 of our gospel reading says, And the crowds came together again so that they could not even eat. So when his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying he has gone out of his mind. The King James Version of the Bible translated, translates it as, He is beside himself. The old J.B. Phillips New Testament translated, people were saying he must be mad. But the one that stood out most for me this week is from the CEV version, which says, when Jesus' family heard what he was doing, they thought he was crazy and they went to get him under control. They thought he was crazy and they went to get him under control. Jesus, crazy, really? 
Now to find out why they might have come to this conclusion, let's take a moment to set the scene. Now things are moving at a relentless place in Mark's gospel. We are only at chapter three, and he has already been preaching, teaching, and healing people at a frantic pace. As a result, his fame has spread and huge crowds were surrounding him wherever, they went, wherever he went. The people longed to be near him because he was unlike anyone that they had ever known. Now, some wanted practical help, some wanted healing, and some were probably just hoping to be in on the action. And they didn't much care if, it, if a healing or a pitch battle was taking place. But some of the crowd can already be called disciples and would no doubt be following Jesus out of conviction. And from them, Jesus had chosen the 12 who are to be particularly closely identified with his commission throughout their lives. Now his critics, the scribes and the Pharisees, the gatekeepers for the Orthodox Jewish faith and practice had also shown up that day and they were circling him like wolves. Deeply troubled by the things that Jesus was saying and doing, and in addition to the pressure of the, or, the adoring crowds and the crit criticism of the religious establishment, Mark makes it clear that the third group that confronted Jesus that day was his own family. From what our gospel lesson tells us, Jesus's family were determined to conduct, to, to, to conduct some kind of intervention. Perhaps they'd heard reports that Jesus was out of his mind, or worse, he might be possessed by an evil spirit and controlled by the devil. And they wanted to take him far from the madding crowd. We could take a benevolent interpretation of his family and say that they were merely concerned that Jesus wasn't looking after himself properly. For we're told he was not eating. Another interpretation would be that his family had no understanding of Jesus's ministry. In fact, in chapter seven of John's gospel, it's clear that his brothers did not believe in him. Now, by any reasonable measurement, Jesus's ministry was having great success in Galilee. Everything that Jesus had done had been good. Not only had he proclaimed that the kingdom of God was near, but he had given a dramatic demonstration of what King God's kingdom would be like as he healed the sick and he drove out demons. No wonder many liken the popularity of Jesus to the public clamor associated with a rock star in today's world. But had Jesus gone a little crazy? Had the fast tempo of the events and the pressure of the demanding crowds created a state of exhaustion for Jesus? 
Or was it really that those in power were so afraid that this upstart was becoming too popular, upsetting the status quo, that out of fear they needed to sow doubt and spread disinformation? Imagine if they'd had the internet. Again and again, Mark states that from the beginning, Jesus had always acted differently. He announced that God's reign had already begun. His view of the world and proper behaviour was unlike the way most others thought and acted. He clearly had no concern about danger or the risk of offending the powerful. There, was, there would be no compromise. Jesus was advocating a radical way of life. Our gospel lesson, with its emphasis on Jesus's conflict with his family, is a clear reminder to us that Jesus's message was to reconstitute the scattered lost sheep into one big family. He dramatically leaves his biological family in order to form a new family, open to all, based not on blood relationship or nation of origin, but on the clear summons of God to reach across all barriers in order to call the lost home and to call those without hope. Let us never forget that even while he was dying on the cross, Jesus reached out in welcome to an outcast, repentant thief, who was promised the gift of paradise. So what does it say to us? Our challenge today is to jump forward 2000 plus years and ask ourselves, what does this mean? One thing is clear, Jesus calls us to a radical way of life. And do, do we believe that this is possible to live that sort of life in today's world? Especially if that means our value system is going to sometimes run against the grain of this world. When believing in a God of love and grace will sometimes make us look crazy to others. When acting on those beliefs, caring for the least of these will make us even more crazy looking. Bishop Michael Curry, the primate of the Episcopal Church in the United States, writes on that very subject in his aptly titled book, Crazy Christians. And he says this, what the church needs are some Christians who are as crazy as the Lord. Crazy enough to love like Jesus, to give like Jesus, to forgive like Jesus, to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God like Jesus. Crazy enough to dare to change the world from the nightmare it is so often is. And to change it something to into something close 
to the dream that God dreams for it. And for those who would follow him, those who would be his disciples, those who would live as and be the people of the way, it may come as a shock that they are called to craziness. So Bishop Michael is saying when all is said and done, perhaps what it means to be a Christian in the 21st century is to be a crazy member of Jesus's family. Bishop Michael writes again, we need some Christians crazy enough to believe that children don't have to go to bed hungry. Be the way it so often seems to be. That there is a way to lay down our swords and shields down by the riverside. That, as the slaves used to sing, there's plenty of good room in my father's kingdom because every human being has been created in the image of God and we are all equally children of God and meant to be treated as such. So then, if we decide to count ourselves among the crazy followers of Jesus, we will be in great company, company of the likes of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr who confronted the evil of racism with a clear demand for justice that came directly from the mouth of Jesus and the Old Testament prophets. His craziness got him killed. And then there's Mother Teresa, the saintly Albanian nun who gave up comfort and security to enter the slums of Calcutta to rescue and enrich the lives of the poorest of the poor. And these are to name just two. So the challenge for us today is, let us dare to be a little crazy like Jesus. Let us continue to be maladjusted whenever we confront discrimination and bigotry. Let us dare to be the fool and say that we will not make peace with economic injustice that take away the necessities of life from the many to give luxuries to the few. And let us be hopping mad about what we see happening to our planet. In short, let us be crazy for Christ so that in time the world may come to see the method of our madness. Amen. So we come to that um, crazy part of the service where we pray. Uh, we were thinking in the heretics group this week about prayer. And all, the obvious question is why pray when God knows it all anyway? So I was thinking, um, this week, that maybe God knows through our knowing, because we each have a unique perspective and no one else stands where we stand or sees as we see or feels as we feel. And the Bible says, because we don't know what to pray for, the spirit helps us in our weakness and makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. In other words, God's spirit prays with and through us. We don't really have to do anything 
There are no rewards, no penalties. So I invite you to just close your eyes for a moment, get comfortable and allow prayer, whatever it is, to happen if it happens. Let us pray. God knows through my knowing. I move beyond my usual circular thoughts, my scarcity mentality. I appreciate and give thanks for all the abundance that has been given to me and I turn my attention outwards. God sees through my eyes. I open my eyes to the beauty of the world around me that I so often take for granted. And I open my eyes to the suffering that I so often turn away from. God loves through my heart. I become aware of those close to me, the kind words I could so easily speak, the little gestures I could make, the patient listening ear I could offer. And I open my heart for God to love through me. God weeps with my tears. So I open myself to my own feelings. I allow my hard shell to crack. I drop the mask. I stop pretending that I'm fine, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. And I recognize the suffering in those around me who are hiding their weariness behind a smile. I reach out to others in compassion. God rejoices at my joy. So placing my trust in God, I rejoice that somehow all things are working together for good, that all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for those prayers, Richard, and thank you, Joe, for that reflection. We now come to a time of peace, and please share it how you will, either the wave of peace, I know you're used to, or the namaste, uh, honoring one another, or even the, the flow of the um, Trinity that I talked about last week, the sign of the cross. Whichever way you'd like to uh, um, send your peace to others at home or here in church. We meet in Christ's name. Let us now Let share, share his, his peace. peace. Let us share his peace. So we say to him, Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor, and the majesty. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Holy, holy. 
Lord Jesus Christ, gathered in your name, we bind ourselves to you and to each other in the tasting of food and drink, symbols of nourishment and sharing. And as we break bread, as you did with your friends, help us to recognize you in all people, all places, and all situations. Amen. Let us give thanks to our gracious God. I'm uh, going to uh, send a blessing to all in church here and in your homes. It's a Celtic circle blessing, which I think fits with their St. James normally meets in the round. Um, and it's a circling of Christ, a circle of protection and love. So... May you all be encircled with Christ's unconditional love. And may this love surround you and well up within you. And may you be encircled with Christ's healing touch in your body, in your mind, and in your soul. And may you and your family be encircled by God's eternal safety, so that you are protected from all temptations and ills, and given all courage and strength to live always from Christ's safe and powerful center. Brilliant. Wow. Amen. Amen. Amen.